0: Welcome back to the Entitled Opinion Podcast. This is part two of two of our interview with Chef Steve Grimes. And we're back. We are back. And uh, we are... I want to, if we can, maybe this we can use this pause as an interesting reflection. So something I wanted to bring up to you, because I think this is a, a topic I've skirted around with various people, but... Uh, I'd like to dig into it a little bit more, is, is spirituality and inspiration. Um, we had a, a our previous guest, her, she, her name is Tina Galata, Tina Blamus, and she was talking about how her creativity sort of springs out from an internal place. And so to have, to be in a place of spirituality in Japan, in this cave temple, and to have which seems like a bolt out of the blue for Thailand. I mean, perhaps you had some association with a certain kind of Buddhism and Thailand previous to that. I don't know what all the puzzle pieces were for you, for that to come together for you, but it must have seemed like some kind of a revelation, right?
1: I'm gonna get emotional. I have a tendency whether good or bad, to listen to the voice in my head or voices. Um, there's a lot of times where the voices tell me not to do something and I choose to do it anyways. But um, I, again, I had never thought about, I, I had met a Thai girl when I was working in Yellowstone and she she worked as a housekeeper and I was a server That's the only connection I ever had. Like I'd never even really, elephants, Mm -hmm. that's as much as I knew about it. And the voice to me to start doing sushi was something I wanted to listen to. And then the reflection at that moment was, I'm here to say thank you. And this voice says, go do this. I gotta listen to that voice because all I'm doing is saying, i'm grateful
0: yeah
1: and the voice is telling me go do this now well then i should just be that much more grateful Mm. for it and i'm immensely grateful that i ended up living in thailand for four years and volunteering at the hiv clinic and you know teaching english for a year and a half and opening seven restaurants there like i mean you know it's just it's a scary thing to listen to the wind or follow the wind or, you know, listen to the, especially somebody that's clinically depressed or, you know, erratic and not sure of himself to listen to the voices in your head, like the good or bad. You're like, I don't know, should I do that? And the times where I should have, I did, and they've paid off. But the times that I shouldn't have, I also did. And it's, you know, so you never know which one's right or wrong. I don't say I'm crazy, but like there's definitely a voice, whether you should or shouldn't listen to it.
0: When you say a voice, how much of it is like actual words and how much of it is images and feelings?
1: So that's actually quite profound. Um, I was really into meditation and the concept of it. And then what I was saying. Thailand. I think I was there for like a week or two, and I was in Bangkok, and I was walking by, and there's some. I mean, there's temples, over, especially in Bangkok. And uh, I was by Kosan Road, and, which is like backpacker alley, and it just said, "Come, come, learn to meditate." And I'm like, I know how to sit with my legs crossed, <laughs> and I I sit in there, and they're like, "No, you should sit like this. No, you should." posture like this you should breathe like this and i have this exercise and i'm so grateful that i was able to share and teach this with my, my children as you're sitting there and it's, it's in bangkok and it's busy roads and you just sit there and you hear a noise and hearing hearing you just acknowledge it and the thing about i i used to think that meditation was just sitting mm-hmm. you just sit there but number one it gets boring real quick and you get tired and you're just agitated. Mm. So at that first learning session of what meditation truly is, it's acknowledging, but still focus on the setting. So you hear all these cars going by, hearing, hearing, hearing. You smell some good chicken. You you smell whatever, smelling, smelling. And then as your eyes are closed and then you see your mom. You see your best friend. You see a tree. Seeing, seeing, seeing. You acknowledge and just let it go. Sometimes you have to keep saying it because it's still focused in your head. But when your eyes are closed and you're just there, it's just too much information. Mm. And so with the hearing, seeing, smelling, feeling, like the wind, you know, too hot, it's acknowledging but then still focused, acknowledged, still focused. And that, that then builds down this rabbit hole of somebody that really enjoys I'm always too honest. Somebody that enjoys substances and you know, partaking in enjoyment. Uh once I felt that in meditation of something I did not have to ingest, to then feel that same thing that I enjoy while I'm ingesting, boy, I can I can get this for free. I can I I can get there to where I want to be without really harming anybody or myself or making these bad choices and spending all this money. How how far can this go? Mm-hmm. Can I get to that pinnacle point? And that led me down a two year, a one year of sober rabbit hole of hard meditation, of really focusing on what I'm and where I can get, how far I can go. And so then I was, I, I stayed at a temple six times. If you stay over a certain amount of time, then you have to shave your head and you have to become a monk and not have to choice. Not have yeah, to yeah. choice. And this one time, uh, before I started working at the university, I know I'm spacing, you know, but this one time I was before working in university, I went to this temple and I asked them if I could stay there. And one of my Thai adopted dads, when you travel outside of the country, you have a lot of adopted parents and adopted yeah. cousins and uncles and stuff. that just take care of you and he he and i asked the abbot if i could stay there and i had a thai translation english to Pali, and like i put in every day of effort to understand what i was doing and i would get up at three in the morning and i would sweep the temple i would sit and meditate and you know do my chants and then we would go and walk for alms. i'd walk with bare feet and you know I was in white but i would you know hold the food and everything and all day every day i would purposely meditate when i was walking meditate while i was like intention on what i was doing and i can't remember how far in but you know a few weeks in i don't want to say i achieved enlightenment but i saw how close and how beautiful it can actually be um i was in this pagoda and there's you know a bunch of buddhas on this side a bunch of buddhas on this side and i sat there with not an intention of like i'm going to figure it out i just i walked and meditated. it was really hot like, and car. Right, let me just go inside and get the wind like <laughs> the wind sometimes the wind entirely is like the wind in florida sometimes it's unbelievable it'll oh. hit you in the most pristine way and i would walk around like heel toe heel toe and then i got tired so I would sit and my back hurt and then I would lay down and then just like kind of rotate like that there for a few hours and then I was just sitting there and I looked up and this 10 what six foot Buddha you know gold Buddha and I just started crying the fucking eyes out I was just like it, it just made sense like I understood it and then as it proceeded I said, this isn't right. I shouldn't feel this emotional. This is like, this is me. The intention is feeling, right? I'm crying, so I should, I'm feeling, acknowledged, but like, focus back in. So I focus back in, and then I lay down because my back hurt, and then all of a sudden I wake up and I'm in jail. And then doesn't like, 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 and I hear everyone yelling and arguing, and it's like, this isn't right, and... That connection was uh deceit, lies, anger, aggression, poor choices. So, okay, this is wrong. Like I know this isn't like I don't I don't belong here because this isn't real. Hearing, feeling, seeing, focus back, okay. And then a few minutes later, I hear my dad, and I hadn't heard my dad's voice. Well, I hadn't seen my dad in two years. And I heard my dad's voice, and I'm like, oh, dude, for real, that's you. Like. That's you, Dad. I'm so happy to see you. I love you so much. This isn't real, you know, like it's not real. I can't wait to see you again, but I know this isn't real. And then that's like compassion and understanding. And then hearing, seeing, feeling, focus back. And then I hear my mom. And all I want to do is like fish, you know. Let me find my mom. And I find her. We all have certain inadequacies and difficulties in our life and at that moment like all i wanted to do was just show her how much i overcome everything and i'm like mom it's okay like i'm here but she's saying don't go don't go and that's like that's holding me Mm -hmm. now again this is like buddhism entrapment you're supposed to let go of all of it and always it feels so good, you know? It feels so good to see you, to hold you. But it's not real. I love you, but I got to go. And so I say, you know, it's like, I hadn't seen them, like, and held their touch in two years. So I let it go. Before that, you know, I was crying a bit. But then I just uh, look up, and there's the Buddha. And it's shining gold. Mm. The most beautiful thing you've ever seen in in my entire life. And I was laying down, and I sat up, and then, you know, I'm crying and stuff, and I just get on my knees, and I'm like, thank you, thank you. For 40, no joke, 45 minutes. Mm. I just was bowing, like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I finally got it, you know? And... Then I get up and like walk about the day. This was somewhat in the afternoon. And then at 2 p.m., we have our meeting like with, with all the monks and the abbot. And I'm so excited to go tell the abbot about my experience and my broken tie and hmm. his zero to four words of English. And he just goes on and on about what we're supposed to do and everything. And I don't get to tell him. And it's so good that I don't get to tell him. Because you don't always get what you want. <laughs> it was such a learning for all of it. And then subsequently throughout the years, I mean, that was 2010. I don't know, 13, 14 years ago. And one of the reasons I moved to Thailand and like, left was my anger. My severe anger of chef this way, this way. And when I came back from, I mean, that was, I was in Thailand for another two years after that. But, um, when I came back from America or came back from Thailand to America, all my good family and friends were like, to see you're so much different. And then the years progressed, <laughs> and then I became uh the head chef of a few restaurants in town and in town in Danesville, and my anger just proceeded. You know, it's like it, it has to be this one.
2: It came back or it went away.
1: Oh, no, it, it came back worse. It, my, my anger came back much, much worse. And uh, I know it kind of like jumps back and forth, but uh, I've since stopped working at restaurants. And I mean, it's a really difficult this past year to two years about it. But I was talking to my my oldest daughter. She's uh, eight just yesterday. And happy birthday. Watched... Thank you. Um, we were talking about me being angry and just people being angry. And I'm like, Ray, you remember when daddy used to be really angry? And she goes, yeah. I, I, she's eight, you know? And she remembers two, three years ago. I don't, it's it's a conscious choice of mine to not be angry. And it's, it's really a phrase of mine, every day that I don't get angry is a good day. Because it's just something I like. I don't like me when I'm angry. I don't like people seeing me angry. And like, I just don't want to, I would prefer to be able to properly express myself through compassion and love instead of anger.
0: So I'm, I'm looking at myself in a very similar way. And I'm trying to figure out how much of the anger comes from a sense of self-righteousness and or some kind of defense mechanism for me personally i'm trying to reflect on that and i know that for me um i don't know to what degree it's like an inherent trait but i know that a lot of it got passed through the generations it's like what i know about my family history um and and it i can think of a owner that we managed for here at this job at, our, at the property management job and he had a temper, and he was so talented at getting things done. So, uh, and he he leads a, a big organization that he's like, going to be super rich, but he's also going to be super alone because nobody wants to spend any time with him. And I've thought about that. I've thought about people in my life who, um, who can be so intelligent and so capable and so wrathful, and they're right, and they're going to prove they're right and they're gonna make you feel terrible. And I don't even know if they have this huge sense of victory or not. But then I know sometimes once once the uh, emotions come down, there's gotta be some amount of regret But I don't know how much of their pride prohibits them from being able to say they're sorry. And And being able to reflect on that enough, I'm trying to catch myself in earlier stages of popping off on somebody and say, okay, what's the source of the anger, where's it coming from? Yeah. Um, and it's it's tough, man.
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with, as somebody who's like, doesn't want to be There's nothing wrong with being angry.
0: It's, a, it's an important tool.
1: If you put it in the context of restaurants and being a chef, which I have an immense amount of experience with, when you first start out, you're just learning. You're a grasshopper, right? I mean, the context of it's just, you're green. Show me all the information. And what's around you is everybody is angry, and it's not that they're right or wrong. Is the customer comes in and they need this and they need it now. If anybody's watched The Bear, that TV show is so accurate. I could only watch two episodes. I think it's on Hulu. It's about a chef. I've heard of it. It's the guy from Shameless, cool. in it. I think so. Yeah, it's like he's a. It's a story about a chef and. Mm. It is depicted restaurant culture to a T. Mm-hmm. I, it came on after I was at Swamp and I watched it with my girl who also used to work in restaurants. And I watched the first episode. I'm like, wow, dude, this is too much. And I watched halfway through the second episode. I'm like, I, I can't. Like, it, it's, it's too rude. It, it it makes you stressed out. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to get is that like, as you work in a restaurant, you start with dish, prep, then you work on the line and then you become a look a line one line two or a sous and once you become a sous chef you're in charge now so who has to listen to everybody and what's the easiest way to get people to listen to you yelling and it's not but that's what you think it is yeah you think that my voice has to be heard this is the way it is y'all i've been with you this whole time and i know you do everything wrong this way well now you're gonna listen to me Mm -hmm. and then as time goes by you start to understand that that doesn't work but like that's just the cult. That's what I was brought up in. And so there's nothing wrong with being who you are at the moment. It's once you come to a point of reflection, are you going to continue to be that person? Are you going to double down and just be that person yeah. or accept the reflection and make an adjustment? And dude, there's, I mean, I'm 40 years old and I've gone through a lot of different interpretations of who I am as a person. And I appreciate all of them. I'm sorry, honestly, to every person that I've ever harmed, but I needed to at that moment for who I was. And that's kind of like doubling down on it, but it's not like I really am apologetic and I'm sorry, but I didn't know better. Like, you'd like to think that you do, but you Mm don't. You're just caught up in the whole, everything of your life.
0: Yeah.
1: But now, Purpose. I mean, I got chewed out the other day, and I just one of my favorite lines from Inglorious Bastards. I've been chewed out before. It's not that big a deal, you know. Mm At the end, when Brad Pitt says, "Yeah, "Yeah, dude, I'll get yelled up. It really doesn't matter." Yeah, I don't. It's not the end of the world. The, The chew out that hurts is the chew out. Like that's me chewing myself out. But really, like, how is that beneficial? Then it comes down to the philosophical of, you know, Bruce Lee or Taoism. Like, you know, like, are you really going to speak bad words to yourself? Because that's all you're going to hear. If yeah. all you hear from other people is negativity, you're going to be negative. If the only thing internally is negative, that's just what it's going to be negative. That's, what, that's, so that's what you're practicing, and that that's the output. It's not fucking easy, though. Yeah, <laughs> That's not at all.
0: It's so hard to catch oneself in the middle of a bad habit and redirect. I yeah. it's it, meditation goes so far. I think, in, in, to being able to recognize a cue mm-hmm. and and redirect. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, like, I find myself, like, having just done some very basic chores, going around the house, and my head's just been lost in some meaningless fantasy, yeah. and then I'm like. I, can, I take a breath. I'm like, What'd you say? what? What? <laughs> what was the point of me getting into an imaginary fist fight with? with oh my God. <laughs> yes, yeah. Like,
1: that person that cuts you off, you're like, wait, whoa, whoa, like, calm down. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. So you're you're at a pretty transitional point in your life right now, where you have taken your your life's practice of being a chef, and you're saying, I'm going to try to find. Um, means of income in other industry,
1: right? It's really scary. It really, really is. Um, I've never been a salesman, regardless of what all my friends, like, because I really appreciate food and how I can do something with food, I'm a good salesman in that aspect. Mm. But right now I'm working as a roofing salesman and I'm moving into real estate kind of like conjointly. But that in itself is difficult because I don't think I'm the best salesman. I, even though I'm speaking like truthfully and from the heart, it's the analogy I've been giving is in restaurants, I'm going to give you, Al, you came to me. You're going to work as a cook. All right, here's 20 onions. They cost 10 cents a piece. It's $2. <laughs> you fuck them up, it's 2 bucks. Mm. A roof, that's 20 grains. There's a huge difference of outcome and expectation. And so that in itself has been difficult. Um, I keep circling back on whether I should or shouldn't do it. And every day when I hear a no, that's how much I don't want to go back to restaurants. I You'd hear rather no, hear the no. I, I hear no 50, 60 times a day. And that's how much I I would rather hear no then go back to restaurants.
2: Are you taking it as a challenge to overcome the no?
1: Damn, you know that. I was in sales. Yeah. It's it's not that I want to hear a yes. It's when I told you before, when I started working uh, as a sushi chef, the chef quit. I told my mom and dad, I got to go to the library. I got to learn how to do sushi. You know, who knew? I, I wasn't able to do it when but i figured it out when i moved to thailand i bought a one that's when i bought a one-way ticket to thailand and i got my money stolen out of my hotel out of my bag. i had a bag and a bag and a bag and i went out for a run came back shits all over my room they mm-hmm. stole my money and then that happened again when i was in the south i, I took out it was really difficult in 2007 find atms in japan really really difficult so i thought thailand lesser of a country less infrastructure it will be even more difficult yeah. so i had more cash than i should have had yeah. however i hit it and then in the first time i was in the hotel room the second time i, I put it in the hotel safe down south Surat suratani but it was like in a bungalow kind of hotel but you know in the central i came back the end of the week all my money's gone i had eight bucks no joke i had eight dollars Dang. Eight dollars, and I I did not want to call my mom and dad. I said no. I bought. I'm the one that bought a one-way ticket. I'm the one that has to figure this out. I spent I don't know fifty cents, whatever. I just went online, Craigslist, Bangkok. Teach English, found it. Yeah. They said you have to be here tomorrow. I bought a bus. You know, I I figured it out. Mm. That's how I feel now. The the most ironic part of all of it is when I was working at Crane Ramen and then I opened up my own restaurant and I told myself, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't know if I have enough of this in me. And then I started working at Swamp Boy. I'm like, I don't know if I have it in me to do this again. The voice. Yes, you do. You have it in you. It's just, it's funny to me when I say I don't want to. Somebody else just, somebody else, you know, Buddha, God, Jesus, Mohammed, however you want to say it. Somebody else is saying, yeah, you do. It's frustrating, man. Like, it's really frustrating. Because I'd I'd rather just chill. I'm four years old. I worked 20 goddamn years to, like, chill. I was so close to what I thought was the goal. But, you know, that's life. It's going to be better anyways.
2: And the goal was what, working at the the sushi restaurant?
1: The goal, eventually, so after I left Thailand, um, I came back to the States, and then I I worked in Jamaica, and then me and my ex-wife, we met each other, and then we moved to Gainesville, and we opened up, well, I moved here to be the chef for a ramen restaurant, and it's not like, I didn't know how to make ramen, I, I ate it. Yeah, you know, it, it, ramen in Japan is like burgers in America, right? You know, you just go. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't even think about it. And when I came to Gainesville to open that place up, I came here for the the stage, you know, a cooking interview for the owners, and I just made food. I made what my life experience is, and I just share it. And that's really what mm-hmm. food's supposed to be. Um, but as I started working, I just said I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this. This is gonna be mine. Mm-hmm. And I worked my fucking stupid ass off. I worked too damn much. The goal in all honesty, and I've said this and I've said this to my ex-wife. The goal was to get to a point where I didn't have to work so much so I could be at home, so she could do her dream. That's really that 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 was my goal. When I mean it, it's it's never gonna come again. I love that woman and she's she's great but she never realized that the goal was for her to chill that really was the goal
0: yeah you, instead of working 60 hours you wanted to work a regular 40 hour week or even
1: it's funny i'm doing restaurants when, when you see those memes and stuff they're like oh i just work 40 hours a week and as a chef 40 hours is that's a third of a job you know <laughs> it, it's so it's so stupid though. When when you and I met, I was on the tail end. Like, I, it's not that I had given up, but son made me give up. You know, like I. Uh, Those first few training meetings at the restaurant, like I, I was there. Mm. I, I was fully present. I was trying to. I wanted to make it work, and. I I told myself I wasn't gonna call. You no, know, like I wasn't gonna call out today, but I. I wanted it to work, mm. and. The, the brunt force of someone not knowing what to do and another person saying, with the experience, this is what we should do. And that person then be like, no, we should do something else. And I mean, towards the beginning, I was so committed. Yeah. And then I just trailed. I was like, all right, if this is what it is, well then, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll meet in the middle. And that
0: became it, that must have been, I imagine, to you like
1: it broke my fucking heart. A, a really, definitive message. Yeah, I, that's when I was done. Yeah, yeah. I don't want. I don't want to ever go back. I don't. I, like, I really don't. There's other stuff that I should, like want to say, but I'm not going to about like. But it's you know, it's, restaurants are extremely difficult. Yeah, and it's so funny because all it is is just a bunch of. Let's say in the lowest 16 to 26 year olds. Yeah. Fucking and sucking each other and just doing drugs. <laughs> Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's really what it, it is. It is what it is. And they all know what Except they're to of happen. age. <laughs> everyone knows it, it needs to be this way. Yeah. But nobody follows what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Regardless whether you like it or not, there should be one mm-hmm. concise voice that everyone should follow. But since everyone's 16 to 26, fucking and sucking and snorting, then nobody cares. It's like they care, but they don't really care. That's the worst part. I mean, I've I've worked at a few restaurants and you you get two months to eight months. Let's say two to eight months of a solid restaurant where everybody is just dialed in Mm. and the whole town knows about it Mm. and it's the spot. And then... I've got 20 years of experience, so that's really what it is. Because if it's less than two months, then it's just a good night. Right? It might be like a good week. But that's not a good, like, a good restaurant for two months is a fucking good restaurant. Yeah. A good restaurant for a week? not yeah. A good restaurant for a year? Dude, that's unheard of. That's why El Bulli and, like, I can't remember, it too. it's been so long. What's the um, one in Denmark? I don't know i mean regardless there's good restaurants what was the
0: right. what was the
2: restaurant that you went to and almost worked at and you decided to go to thailand instead
1: cuba k-y-u-e-b-i cuba in ginza
0: <laughs> cuba that's that story reminds me of like the, the legend of how kids had to become students at like shaolin or wudong I know, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's almost. Oh, and you're no, wearing the you were in a Wu Tang <laughs> shirt
1: too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna wear a white shirt, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna wear Wu Tang shirt. No, it's it it is kind of yeah. I've I've met a few people that have worked for me, I have, like a few people that I hate seeing. I've worked with some people, and then later, um, we ended up hanging out. And they're like, Steve, did that really happen? That you went to that restaurant nine days in a row? And like, yeah, Dylan, Dylan, that actually did happen. I, I really dislike when when I say people work for me. I've always said that people that I work with, even yeah. when I have my own restaurant, I would just say, I, I think oh, it's... yeah, I work with them. And it's funny, too, because I'd be out, and they're like, oh, yeah, I, I work with him. are like, oh, really, who's the owner? Like, yeah, Steve owns the place. I'm like, no, no, we just work together. I, even with, I mean, Swamp wasn't mine, but I'm like, yeah, we all just work together. Yeah, I think that's the right kind of
0: framework, because then it makes you subservient to the unifying venture rather than subservient to a single person.
1: Yes and no. So, like, mm-hmm. I think I wanted to talk about this today, is that as, as somebody who deals with love and acceptance and insecurities, I would always push forward. We work collectively or I wouldn't voice my opinion to appease the masses. And subsequently, now knowing the degradation or like the negative talk towards me, I I really wish I would have just spoken up and just talked shit about everybody. But then also, so does it really matter? I mean, you can always have the higher hand by not having said anything. But the reflection now was that, Maybe I should have just laid it on them, you know.
0: It's really tough to mediate. Like, how much do I need to stay... And this is going back to the like the anger thing. How much of this is? Am I going to be more angry because I I crossed the line by standing up for myself, or because I didn't say enough? In I, I'm
1: always more angry at, at when I said it. I mean, in all honesty, yeah. Like the reflection now is I should have, but every time I did. shouldn't have like i really shouldn't it's just too far
0: i think for where i'm at right now i definitely do regret it when i go too far but i think a lot of that was because when i was in another point in my life i was just trying so hard to be appeasing at times Mm -hmm. and so i wouldn't necessarily say i'd I'd like maybe let myself get walked over a little bit and then that would create self-loathing yeah and then it and so um You're just pivoting away from that a little bit. Um, I mean, we can have a group therapy session um, sometime. I was thinking about that today. I was like, you're thinking
1: about podcasts. It's, so, it's literally therapy. Right?
0: It's great. Cr- I mean, we hold so much inside. The, and and then it like manifests psychosomatically in like, how you're holding your jaw or whatever it might be.
1: So today, when I was thinking, um, as I was getting ready, I think it was like two hours before I messaged you before we are going to meet up oh, we got to do this, this, and I'm, okay, I got to mm-hmm. go eat some food, maybe this, and as I was driving around, like, okay, what are we going to talk about? And then, like, joking about how podcasts are all about therapy, and what are we talking about? And then, like, dude, Al, we hang out so much. <laughs> you and McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, really, it really depends on what Steve you have, <laughs> because there's times where, like, I will argue with you. Not even argue, but just over-talk you. About how important Ewan McGregor is to the entire story of Star Wars. Like, I mean it just depends. Yeah? Like it's i love let man it's, uh, I'm so stoked Likewise. just to be here. I don't wanna like wrap that up, but like, yeah. Me and Al hang out all the time.
0: We need to hang out more. Okay. Okay. All right, well and that concludes
2: uh... the episode. No. That seems like I... a natural stopping point.
0: It does. Um Hunter, was there anything else that you think could come up? I mean,
2: I don't want to talk on the anger stuff, uh, but I do want to I have a few questions. I think that are more high level and broad, and a little bit yeah. more light hearted. Um, so you said we, that you said are you listen to world? podcasts as like, and they turn yeah, into therapy sessions. Like, what really what podcasts yeah, do you sorry. listen to?
0: Sorry, Hunter, I'm sorry that, again, we got so serious because, like, we, we we made this, like, uh, we've talked to each other about, like, we need to be more lighthearted, not be so serious. And, um...
1: Oh, that's just me as a person, though. No, I've, I've done, like, five of them. Like, I uh, I did one with my friend Winston, and all I talked about for an hour was when I volunteered at the HIV clinic mm-hmm. and just watched people die every day. You oh, know, right. like, I just, I don't know, it's just where my brain goes sometimes.
2: I think we, yeah. we naturally go that way way as well and we try to actively take ourselves less seriously and maybe think more deeply about the world and more lightly about ourselves mm-hmm. because we're all in our in our fucking own worlds all the time
1: I would say yes and not like that the the yes would be is that that's what you need to talk about right now and that's what hopefully the listeners need to hear and then as time progresses you might you know like have a Brian Redbrand and Tony Hinchcliffe No joke joke session. But when you talk about something, that's what you need to vocalize. And so this three way conversation is what I like to think that the three of us needed to hear at this moment. Yeah, I'd like to think so as well. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, slipping on a a banana peel is also funny. Yeah. uh...
2: So, I mean, Uh, so you said that uh, you mentioned Tony Hinchcliffe. So, what podcast do you listen to? We're trying to understand the audience and what people listen to and what are the topics that people are interested in listening to.
1: I've been listening to Joe Rogan since I lived in Bangkok. I was thinking about that today because I was listening. And I've gone through Stam's where I will and I won't. Yeah. Um, but you look like Tony hinchcliffe
0: I've heard that.
1: <laughs> I was watching it today and I wanted to say that. I hear
0: that or Theo Vaughn just because i the
1: mullet. Yeah.
2: Oh, dude, um, I love Theo. Yeah, I love
0: Theo,
1: I used to listen to Theo. I listened to Fighter and the Kid, but I, you know, not anymore.
2: Brandon um, Schaub Brandon Shop is uh, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: a yeah,
2: fucking yeah, idiot.
0: Yeah. Why does
1: everyone hate him so much,
0: dude?
2: Listen to him.
1: <laughs> it's I, a fucking I, moron. Because he doesn't that's know what he's actually saying. But I mean, that's sometimes all of us. But yeah, i mean—he's just full of lies. I, I would say that. Mm. Um. What's another pod? Uh, Screen Crush, but that's not a podcast. Do you watch Screen Crush? it's a YouTube show I haven't heard that one comic books and stuff like that mm. um, I really like that one other I don't listen to too many podcasts anymore it used to be that and then Dan Carlin I listen to that oh insane. Hardcore History yeah, yeah. It's, it's since I I, I love don't that have, one I don't want to pay for I pay for YouTube premium mm. and I don't want to pay for YouTube and Spotify so I just YouTube everything and so it's it's all I mainly just listen to YouTube while I'm driving and stuff Lord. but I used I mean Audible is great. I would suggest to anybody, I don't know if you're going to like clip and how everything, but Marcus Aurelius' Meditations is hands down one of the best audio books you could listen to. Who, As, who voices it, do you know? It's some British dude. Okay. It's, it's the one on Audible. But okay. A, a male, I'm sorry, but a male from 18 to 40 should listen to that at some point in their life. Yeah. And I've got that book. It doesn't have to be, the, the best thing about, podcasts is you can pick and choose
0: mm-hmm. and
1: since i drive so much it's good just to have it on and if you're going to go out for a walk or whatever i honestly don't think if you're going to go out for a walk you should have them on because you should be experiencing right. everything but if you're driving like it's just you know on and off but when i was trip uh training for ultra marathons marcus Aurelius meditations he said whether it's true or not that the words that were written the words that were spoken are the same thoughts i had Two thousand five hundred years old, which is insane is it that yeah. one or is it less it's, is it less it's than about two thousand right yeah he's after B.C.? yeah, yeah, yeah. he There's
0: was a, right
2: around jesus i can't remember Plus yeah, or was minus 200 off. years i think
1: he yeah. was just nuts, style like wait he, i was thinking that last week what i
2: that's what, that's what i <laughs> thought when i was reading it i was like this guy is just he's a normal dude and he was running shit two thousand <laughs> years ago i was like it's yeah. crazy that he wrote it down and i felt the same
1: another um you just your graham hancock oh did you did you watch that I, Yeah, it but i mean he i've been again joe rogan right i've been yeah his stuff for forever yeah yeah but dan carlin has been a, like a really really big one
0: the dan carlin ones are They're so dense, high level it, yeah but
1: it's like you yeah. have to picture which is difficult sometimes because it's too much you have
0: to, you i think you also have to like you may not know exactly what you're getting into there, but as you go along, you're like, okay, if I'm gonna be sitting down for half an hour of Van Carlin, like, I need to make this space. Yeah, place. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like
0: it's. I remember when I listened to Blueprint for Armageddon, which I believe is the World War One, one, and I was uh, sleeping at my brother's house in Colorado. You know, I was between things, and I would listen to that before I go to sleep, and I might listen to two. Like I was just. I was held entrenched, because yeah. he did such a good job of pulling from the journals. His voice, too. Like, His dude. voice, he, well, he was originally going to be, like, a radio host, so he, mm. he's perfect for it, but he's also this huge history book. And then the way he evokes the the experience of having bombs being dropped on you and, uh, yeah. for weeks on end. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to go, I'm just going to say, good job, Dan Carlin. Thanks, man. Dude, for <laughs> real. Right.
1: Yeah. That reminds me, I, I know we're jumping, but when I was, um, I was living in thailand working at the the high school it's my first like my first job in thailand so i'm living in supamburi which is an hour and a half north of bangkok and um i've got a little apartment on the the grounds of the high school and i didn't really have anybody to speak english with like even the thai english teachers didn't speak that much english Mm -hmm. and they had all these english books and there's like encyclopedias and whatever and then i see Beowulf. And oh, cool. Beowulf, the movie had just come out oh, yeah. a few years before. I'm like, all right, let me read Beowulf. Mm-hmm. And so I would walk around my little apartment, and I would every morning before before work, so I get there like six in the morning. I watch the sunrise coming up over the the rice field. I mean, just beautiful, mm-hmm. like quintessentially beautiful. And I would make my little coffee and read out loud Beowulf. Wow. And then he came down, like, I would act that shit out. Oh, So, any guys or girls out there, if you don't know, like, read something, act it up. Yeah. That will make the intonation, like, that will, you will gravitate towards those words that much more. It's almost like in high school when you have to read Shakespeare or whatever, <laughs> and but you're there and find of all like, and like, eh. But as you get older and you feel more comfortable with yourself, like, dude, be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. scary, but I, I love Babel because of that. I remember I was, like, it was in my underwear. You will like I went so hand. Draw something out of you, huh? Yeah, yeah. And I was never one to like. I mean, I read and stuff, but like that—that that changed me as a person. And it was probably because I didn't have anybody to communicate with. Mm. I was so shut off. I mean, I called my parents every Thursday morning at six a.m. But because um, it was six p.m. their time. But that—that that was pretty much. Like, even the students—they didn't really speak English. Nobody really. Spoke. It was just me. I watched Sesame Street in Thai, and then read Beowulf and encyclopedias.
0: <laughs> do you feel like that practice of enacting Beowulf has allowed you to have more fun with like reading and playing with your kids?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I used to do it when we were still me and my. We were still living together. I would film every. Every time we would read, I would film because for one, I want the memories. But when my mom passed, I don't have any of those, mm-hmm. and I want them to have them down the road. But um as you know, I feel like the first year, or whatever, My oldest, all right, Raina, you're gonna read for, you know, Dumbo. we like, I I would let them yeah who they yeah. read for, and I'm like, he doesn't look at him. He doesn't sound like that. And he'd be like, well, I talk like this. you know, like just try and have fun with it. What about you, Hunter?
0: Do you how silly do you get with
2: Jonah? I mean, I read some books to him, and I read out loud. It's fun too. We have this one called uh, Rock Paper Scissors, and it's like a, a story of like a gladiator rock, and he fights, he beats everybody, <laughs> and then there's scissors in a different part of the house. He like chops all these dinosaur nuggets, and then like, <laughs> this paper who defeats a printer machine, like a printer and a fax machine, and they all find each other and they're like oh, finally a worthy opponent. And it's it's very like gladiatorial, and Yo, I read it I cool. read it that way to him. It's a pretty fun <laughs> book. I think I enjoy it more than he enjoys it because it's such I a know it's, I, it's, I, like, know it's, it's like literally gladiator with rock paper scissors. It's a pretty Dude, good
1: book. A, Kevin the Unicorn. That, it, there's one book that the girls have is Kevin the Unicorn. I love that book. Yeah, I act it out so much.
0: Dude, I'm props it's to Kevin. Kevin. I've never heard of either one of these books. It's a big market to be able
1: to write a good kids book. I wanted to earlier, but then you know I had ADD, so then I didn't. Two days later,
0: yeah. maybe you'll come back to around to it one time, yeah, yeah. sometime in the future.
1: I, I make comics with my my oldest. That's cool. she. She made this cat with a gun shooting a a fart at the dog. <laughs> I just love it. I was at her uh, classroom last week to go to a museum, so I was like a chaperone, and then I I look over at the front of the classroom, right next to the whiteboard, or, you know. Yeah, whiteboard, not chalkboard. And it's her picture, the front of the classroom. Of
0: a, a foreign cat gun? Me. Well, no, a different one. But I <laughs> I knew
1: her I knew her drawings. And I look at and she wasn't there because she had to go help. Like I showed up there, and then her friend um, uh Freya was just like, wait, Freya, okay, like, we've been to, like cool parties like, mm. and birthdays and stuff. And I'm like, wait, Freya, that's that's Freya's drawing. She goes, Yeah, she drew that last week. What our girls got something on the front of the class. Nice. I was so stoked. And she didn't know that I knew. And then when I dropped her off yesterday, I told her about it. It's, yeah. Like huge smoke. Like I knew about something, you know?
0: And she felt validated. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's so cool, man. I just called my dad yesterday. He's he, like serious again, but like uh, a month ago he got um diagnosed with sorry, three months ago, we got diagnosed with colon cancer. So he's going through the treatment of it. And um, I called him yesterday and was like, yeah, I just want you to know, I appreciate you. I, I love you. I know it's been really difficult this time lately, but I have two girls now and I really appreciate you as a person and as a father for what you did. he's like, well, I, I It was last year, he called me on best friend day. I didn't even know him. So, hey, it's like, hey, today's best friend day. I just wanted to give you a call. <laughs> oh, my God, Dad. Damn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Thank you. Damn, dude. That's so dope. I mean, he's okay. You know, he's going through it. But, like, yeah. I just thought it was cool. My dad called me on best friend day. So
0: yeah, what? dude. Props, props to your dad. <laughs> props to all the dads out there. Props to you, honey, too. Props to my dad.
2: Dads. Dads unite.
1: Dads. Yeah.
0: All right, well. I I think we're at the end of the podcast this time. Well so. we ending
2: it on dads? I, I mean hey,
0: what's you know
2: <laughs> mom's are circle? Cool
1: Answer circle, cool, grandmas, grandpas, anybody that's helping anybody out.
2: I want to meet that dad.
0: Well thank you, Steve, for coming on and having an amazing podcast.
2: That was quite a journey. I'm
1: just here.
0: It, it was it was a great journey.
1: I mean it's separate like, c- to c- continue the conversation. I would love the whole idea of my YouTube channel mm-hmm. was to animate and show these stories. It's just a financial thing. You know? And yeah. so like thinking about if the roofs work out, like if I can sell enough roofs and like if I can continue to sell enough real estate, how much would it cost per episode to, you know like I really want to yeah. tell these stories, but the stories verbally are great. However, we're in the time now where animation can be made just as good. Yeah. So like that, the goal would be to, if I have enough to, for anybody, like dude, I'm sure that there's some guy that lives an hour north of here that has five amazing stories Yeah. about something from someone about, you know, like, Just, so just you start doing good. it. We, you can, yeah,
2: you I, can start it on YouTube now and then animate it later.
1: It's a time it's it's a time and frustration thing. As a perfectionist, it's never good enough. No, and that, it's not I, good. but the, that's my problem is that it's never good enough and so then I just don't populate it. I mean really I'm straight oh. up on it, that's what it is. So like, it's never good enough and so I just don't do it.
0: But w- what's the difference between that and sending a dish out?
1: I feel as though the dish is good enough. I, I I'm with you. I I know what you mean.
0: The only way you can get to the point where the dish is good enough, right? I completely
1: agree. <laughs> I, know. I, I know. And I would say the same thing. It's like, and when I look at sales now, it's I just say everything's neggy, right? The green onion, because mm-hmm. the first thing my first real chef was, you gotta cut. I mean, green onion. It was probably three bunches. I do three bunches every day. Because if you do that every day, you're good. You don't have to worry about anything else. You cut those three three bunches every single day, your knife skills will be impeccable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now when I go out and try and do sales or do whatever, I'm like, all right, just cut and green knives. Like there's just it's just so much. It's just information yeah. and I watch so many Facebook reels, and you know it's just like sensory overload.
0: Yeah, if, and if you're on YouTube, there's so many real estate avenues to go down. It's there. I did
1: check yesterday. My hot my how to clean a commercial dishwasher is a
0: yeah, it pops up on my feed all the time because I subscribe to your channel, and it's like eight
1: point six, eight thousand six hundred views. I, and every, everything else it. is like sixty, hundred. It's because I title it properly. So right. Right.
0: So, what's your YouTube Steve, channel?
2: We haven't. So you, have, you have a YouTube channel, and you do s- publish things.
1: It's been a year, I think. It's been a while. I forget. Is it Wayward Fox? So, uh,
0: Steve had a restaurant. Called Wayward Fox that you, you tried to open right at the beginning of COVID, right? I don't really know much about that story.
1: Why is it that? Um, it's the Wayward Fox. Um, at, the restaurant name was the was Wayward Fox. Yeah. Chef
2: life, fun. van life, travel,
0: and food. I like That's it. Me, yeah. yeah, dude. He had this bus, this short bus that he fixed up to do bus but life with, van life with. The,
1: the goal with the, I mean, again, it's financial, but the the goal with the bus was to um pick somebody up and say what do you want to eat today and then make them some food while we're next to a river or the ocean or something green
0: i watched the one you did with,
1: uh, with Corey. Okay. that one was that that was like it okay. could it could have been good but i wanted i want to do it again however i know me i need to have structure and that structure means i need an editor at least an editor yeah if i can have that like i can i can point the shit that's not that hard. Yeah. Like giving it to somebody and then giving them, mm-hmm. trusting them to, with an idea of how I want it to be. But again, as somebody that controls, like it needs to be this, this, this. And then it's like, I don't know how to edit. I don't know how to graphic. Is. It's just, it's just too much. And then also trying to make money and spend time with the girl. It's just, it's too much. Yeah. Fun. It's like, here, I'll redo <laughs> this. This is what I said to my girlfriend today. Right? Uh, constant feeling of inadequacy and failure just a constant loop of failure which could be viewed as learning instead of learning i see failure every day every week every action is failure like that that's kind of where i'm at right now yeah i'm stoked and i'm happy like that's dude sales is fucking rough yeah (laughs)
0: A I know it's gonna sticks, kick. Yeah.
1: It's just like that. That's yeah. yeah it's, it's hard to get through
0: that, but it, It'll pay off. I mean, I, well, you're trying I something
2: new it. too. Like this isn't your. This exactly. is your yeah. skills, so there's a learning curve.
1: Yeah, it's just been months. it'll work. It's it's so
0: hard to see when you're in the middle of it, though.
1: Yeah, but every day I don't get angry and. Look, I was inside four walls for 20 damn years, and there was that sometime two weeks ago, I was down south trying to sell this roof, and this guy, Bill, you know, he's retired, and he's like, I don't want to pay more, more than this for a roof. I used to do roofs, and I looked at him, and we just ended up just like, being shut. We were just talking, and I'm like, look, man, I was inside four walls for 20 years, and look at that sunset right now, and he goes, exactly, you know, that. As bad as it was, at least I'm not inside. Yeah. So every time I complain, at least I'm not inside. You know? Yeah, I know. Don't, what you're except for the confines of the walls that I build around myself. I don't want those anyways. You know? That's trippy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, those invisible walls can be the most confining.
1: Exactly. All right. Seven. <laughs> Ten thousand steps.
2: Seven exactly. 10,000 seconds, about uh, 5,000. Well, this was
0: a good
1: episode. I had fun. I, I liked it. Thanks, Hunter. I'm sorry I didn't acknowledge you, more. Oh,
2: That's OK. You can uh, acknowledge me in the next episode that we have with you.
1: Very <laughs>
2: cool. Yes, thank you. I
1: have that ADD brain where it's not directly in front of me, However, you are closer than Alice. So you are directly in front of me. Uh,
0: I've got more depth, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's
2: three. weird being a uh, a third wheel when you guys are in a room together and you're having. It's more natural when you're in a room with somebody.
1: Yeah, which is yeah. Again, my, yeah, yeah. I didn't really think about that. Well, I don't know how they do it in fight containment. when there's like five of them in a room. Yeah, but they're all in a room. Yeah, but there's a like way not,
2: to do it. I think you just spacing and sure, and everybody's yeah. got the same equipment. Yeah, right. it's
1: gonna be nuts though. I mean, at that point, nobody cares. No, drunk and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, I got Steve Hunter. Yep. Thanks, brother.
2: Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Alec.
1: Oh shoot. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> and that right. is
2: the end. Oh,
0: Thanks to Steve for coming on to the Entitled Opinion Podcast. If you're interested in seeing some of Steve's digital presence, you can find him on YouTube at the Wayward Fox seven four one where he sends some really cool videos, including taking out one of our former coworkers, Jorge and doing a dish specifically tailored for him thank you to all of our listeners if you're interested in connecting with us you can check us out on entitledopinion.com or shoot us an email at entitledopinionpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com that's all for today thank you so much for tuning in
1: bye